going on, guys? Welcome to the Just the West podcast. I'm your host, Just the West, and well, happy Saturday. It's been a minute on my end since we did a podcast, and my apologies. I guess I had an early bye week last week. Um, didn't get the chance to cover week two in the NFC West. Uh, work caught up with me, uh, a couple personal things as well, but uh, I miss you guys. I miss you guys. It's Saturday. We're heading into week three. And let's take a look at the uh, land, which is the NFC West for the Just the West podcast. So you have the Rams, the Niners, the Cardinals. They're all off to very uh, strong, convincing starts at 2-0. Rams had a, well, strong, strong starts, kind of a rocky finish, but they came out with the win at Indianapolis, uh, beating the Colts. So they're 2-0. Niners, same thing, probably a little bit bumpier, uh, really tough tough Eagles defensive line at Philly, uh, but they came out with the win 17-11 on the road. Cardinals. Cardinals are 2-0 as well. And the funny thing about it is they were that that close to being uh, 1-1. There was, I think it was like a 35-38 yard field goal uh, by the Vikings kicker, and he sliced it to the right. And so Cardinals, they barely hung on high-scoring game, uh, a really cool game, actually, for fantasy football. If you have Kyler Murray, um, yeah, DeAndre Hawkins, that whole gang, they, they, I think they've been averaging, like, 36 points a game so far. So they're up 2-0 into the season. Uh, but the last team, um, you know, it's still early in the season. They're only 1-1, one one, but technically the Seahawks are last place. Uh, they had a tough, tough loss at home. It was a game where, you know, I personally felt that they – they would have had it, um, especially for the home opener, especially at CenturyLink. Uh, it was a game they were up two touchdowns in the late second half, but the Titans came back. King Henry, Derrick Henry, rushed for, I believe, about a, a buck 85, three touchdowns. And yeah, the Seahawks in the second half, they just couldn't get it done. Uh, it goes to overtime, and the Titans find a way to win. So you have the Rams, the Niners, the Cardinals at 2-0. and You have the Seahawks at 1-1. and And we're now looking into week three. Uh, it's interesting because, you know, for, for me personally, um, you know, I, I know I see these power rankings week over week. And it's just, it's just still hard to say where these teams really are in terms of how strong of a team they are. I know that there's been a lot of praise after seeing how strong of an arm, how succinct, this Rams offense is, and rightfully so. I, I see them like top three on the power rankings. Um, you know, the Niners, they're 2-0, and but they're like a kind of a shitty 2-0. and They had a convincing start week one against the Lions, and then they kind of let it slip at the end. And then they had a very vanilla sort of offense, a grinding sort of game against the Eagles. And so they're not, I guess, as strong of a 2-0 and team. A lot of Niner fans, 49ers, 49ers. Um, that are really nitpicking the win. And then there's the Cardinals. Uh, Cardinals high-flying offense. They look really good, really promising, but at the same time, too, a very very volatile team where, you know, as you saw even for this game, um, they were really close to losing that game as well. And so you see flashes of potential with Kyler Murray in this offense. And so it makes you really think kind of where these teams are at. And I think the Seahawks, they're... I mean, they're technically last place right now, but that one and one record, they're they're a very strong, they're a very strong one and one team. Um, they need to fix a couple of things on their back end, notably their offense in the second half. 
getting a pass rush. I know that they've been kind of going between uh, a bevy of edge rushers, but you know, holding it down, I, I'd say that all in all, as we head into week three, uh, we'll find out more about each prospective NFC West team. But I think after about a month's worth of time, after about four weeks of sample size, you'll have four games of play calling, four games of defensive uh, alignments where I think they'll play themselves into shape for some of these players. And for others, as coordinators, you're going to figure out what works and what doesn't work with your team. So let's go ahead and get started. Uh, we're going to talk about each NFC West matchup on Sunday, what to expect, my thoughts and my predictions, uh, and we'll go from there. Okay, uh, 10 a.m. game. We'll go with the only 10 a.m. game, Pacific Standard Time, and you have the Arizona Cardinals on the road at the Jacksonville Jaguars. They are road favorites, so you have home dogs. Jaguars are coming off, well, another... Uh, unconvincing loss it was pretty lackluster last week uh trevor lawrence number one overall pick he's been he's been okay he's been going through his nuances same thing for new head coach urban meyer in regards to how they adjust to life in the nfl level um but you have the cardinals favored by seven and a half over under 51 and a half and so when you look at this matchup you know the, the cardinals they're they're scoring points just fine right now Averaging 36, I think they had like 400 yards of offense last week. You're seeing a lot of good things out of Kyler Murray, and you're seeing things not out of, not even just DeAndre Hopkins, but uh, shout out to their rookie in Rondale Moore. Hit a nice, uh, he was a beautiful play where um, Kyler Murray went off script, found a way to elude defenders, and found a wide open Rondale Moore for a 70 yard score. Um, you're also seeing a, a lot from A.J. Green. You're seeing a lot out of just a whole variety of pass catchers in this Cardinals offense. And so that's very encouraging to see. The defense wasn't as, well, you know, you didn't get Chandler Jones with five sacks like he did in week one. Uh, but you're seeing a, a relatively aggressive front seven. So far, the, the secondary, which has been featuring By Byron Murphy as the number one cornerback, um, it's been okay. It's been okay so far. It hasn't. Uh, bit them in the tail end up to this point for their secondary. And so I'm curious to see how this is going to go around against the Jaguars because, well, let's just say it, the Jaguars aren't good. Uh, the Jaguars, they're at home. Their offense has been very inconsistent. I mean, last week they only scored. Um, oh, well, they struggled. Uh, they struggled to get touchdowns on the board. E even for their run game and everything else, it feels like the uh, the balance to their play calling is still a work in progress with Urban Meyer. So you got to feel pretty optimistic about this Cardinals team, and that's why the Cardinals are favored by 7.5. Um, it's a high-flying offense, and against this Jaguars team, this Jaguars defense, um, I don't think that they should have too much trouble. Uh, I don't even think that the Jaguars defense has any remote sort of chance to get to Kyler Murray, but you never know. Um, on the road, uh, the, the Cardinals can be a different team. But so far, I like what they what I see. Um, nothing really from nothing really stands out for me for this game. This should be a game in which Kyler Murray and this offense continues to to score a lot of points. I want to see a little bit more from the defense, uh, especially since Trevor Lawrence can be had being a rookie. I know he's the former top pick in this draft class, but you know he hasn't been playing that great, and I think that. Um, 
from what I understand, they have some injuries on their offense. Uh, Levin Schultz, he is out. So you have Marvin Jones, you have DJ Shark. But uh, I'm not really, yeah, I'm not really tripping about this game. So overall, let me go ahead and get the Cardinals taking this one. If it's over under 51 and a half, go ahead and give me, they've been averaging 36. So I'll get like 31 points. Uh, Cardinals 31, Jaguars 20. 31-20, okay? Uh, next set of games, we have two 125 games, and these are pretty hot games. Oof. Uh, let's go with Seattle, okay? So Seattle, they get a home... Actually, my apologies. They get a road game. Seattle travels to Minnesota, and Minnesota is winless up to this point. They just played the Cardinals. They had a very tough loss, losing by just a hair, slicing to the right. Uh, a game they, sh- they should have won, honestly, and in the final seconds, but they didn't. Uh, so they go at home to host the Seahawks, and you have the Seahawks favored by just a tidbit. Seahawks minus two over under 55. And a couple thoughts for this game. As I alluded before about this second half offense, first half they have no problem scoring points, but it just seems like whether it's been the run game, the play calling, the, the execution, but the second half has failed to live up to what they've done in the first half. I don't know if it's because of second half adjustments. I don't know if it's because of, yeah, the play calling itself. Just It's just been weird because it's been a tale of two halves for this offense. And, you, you know, you see Tyler Lockett, he's doing his thing. He, I think he's like number two, number three in the league in terms of receivers for receiving yards. He's been killing it. But I'd like to see more of a deep ball effectiveness from DK Metcalf. Um, you know, obviously he's on the field, he's healthy, he's uh, an able-minded threat where that's why Tyler Lockett and a couple of these other guys have been able to feed upon DK Metcalf's presence. But I haven't really seen Metcalf being used uh, in the deep pass game like Lockett's been used. And so I think that the matchup that would be really interesting would be former Cardinals cornerback Patrick Peterson. He's on the Vikings right now, and if he goes up against DK Metcalf, which they did a plenty last year when um, when Patrick Peterson was in the Cardinals, that's an intriguing matchup, and I think that's a matchup that DK Metcalf can exploit. He knows him well. They know each other very well. That should be a pretty fun matchup. Uh, conversely, what I'm really concerned about for the Seahawks defense is, well, a couple things. You know, For one, the Vikings, their, their quarterback, Kirk Cousins, he's nothing out of the ordinary. He's, he's an average quarterback. But his playmakers are really good, okay? And Dalvin Cook, as their running back, he is killing the game right now. He's one of the top running backs in this league. And the Seahawks' run defense just gave up a buck 85 to Derrick Henry. So what are they going to do this week to make adjustments? Because you know that the Vikings are going to run the football. And you know, conversely, they'll have play action. And they, they have very two very talented pass catchers in Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. So... Just how this defense plays it for week three is going to be very interesting to see because both the defensive line and the secondary has a lot remaining. Uh, Their best football is still ahead of them. Uh, I feel that the secondary, you have DJ Reed on one end, but their number two corner spot, whether it's been Trey Flowers, um, maybe they put some Sidney Jones, but their number two corner spot has been exploited. And like I said, between Thielen and Jefferson, those are two really, really good receivers, man. So uh, it's going to be a tricky one, especially playing on the road. They need to get their pass rush. 
and whether it's Alton Robinson, Darrell Taylor, I don't know, uh, uh, Rasheem Green, like they need to get their pass rush better. I was expecting them to have a much more prominent role. Getting at Ryan Tannehill last week, especially against this Titans offense that got killed the previous week. But, you know, that's something that the Seahawks have been trying to fix. But you're seeing uh, some inconsistencies right there. So they definitely need to get their pass rush. Overall, put it together, I mean, this is a much better Seahawks team than the Vikings in the sense that, hey, Russell Wilson, especially indoors, with perfect conditions, he should be able to really exploit this Vikings defense um but at the same time too i think the right side is concerning the matchup in the trenches would be right tackle to Marco jones who's going to go for brandon shell brandon shell got hurt last week he's the starting right tackle to Marco jones is going to fill that role and most likely he's going to go up against daniel hunter who is the vikings best pass rusher um, so that's a matchup but i think russell wilson should be able to overcome that and despite some of the uh uh question marks on the defense for the for the Seahawks uh I still like the Seahawks taking this and getting back on track to two and one so go ahead and give me the Seahawks um give me the Seahawks 28 to 17 28 to 17 Seahawks 12s get it back on the road okay next up we have 125 Ooh, this is a really good game Oh man, this should probably it's probably the game of the week, arguably, at least for the one o'clock set. But one twenty-five you have the defending Super Bowl champions, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at SoFi Stadium for the Rams. And so in this one, I can understand. Both teams are undefeated, uh, but you have the Buccaneers favored by one and a half points over under fifty-five and a half. Whew, this should be a really fun one for the Rams. This is a fun one where you want to see just how good this team is, just how legit they are. Sure, they got wins over the, the Colts and the Bears, but they're not world beaters. But the Bucks are. The Bucks are a legit team with a very stout run defense, um, a good pass rush as well. But this is something where, you know, for the Rams, if they really want to choose their destiny and show how legitimate they are. In the NFC Conference, for that matter, uh, this matchup against the Bucks would go a long way to set the tone. Uh, I want to see Matthew Stafford play a legit team like the Buccaneers. So for Matthew Stafford, he's been great thus far. Great throwing the ball downfield. Great with his eyes, tricking defenders, looking off, and making those opportunities happen. But let's just see how he goes against the Buccaneers. So my eyes are going to be on Matthew Stafford. My eyes are going to be about this run game as well. This Buccaneers defense is, if not the best run defense in the NFL. And so, you know, whether it's Hendo or Sonny Michel, um, I think Sonny Michel is rumored to be, you know, since he recently got traded into the Rams organization, I think that he's going to be a little bit more involved in the run game, which should bode well, you know, for those tough yards uh, between the tackles. So how they keep this Buccaneers pass rush at bay with a strong run game for some play action will be key. Um, and then overall, too, I mean, for the Buccaneers, when they're on the offense, you already know about Tom Brady. But Antonio Brown, he's out this week. Uh, I think he's on the COVID reserve list. And so, 
despite him being out, they still got Mike Evans. They still got Chris Godwin. Um, you know, they, they still have Rob Gronkowski. I'm really going to be intrigued to see how Jalen Ramsey, who's been their feature guy in their defense as the star, literally the star position in that um, in that defense where they kind of roam him all over the place. So he's going to match up against Gronk. He's going to match up against uh, Mike Evans. Like, how, how's his involvement going to go? And is he going to be able to to blanket this, uh, this Tampa Bay offense? Very interesting. Very fun. Uh, this is a game where... You know, it's just a point and a half. Uh, I don't say it's going to be a shootout, but it wouldn't surprise me if it is. I think it certainly can happen. Um, this Rams defense, it's been good uh, the past couple weeks. They've only allowed, well, keep in mind, they've played like the Bears and the Colts who have, um, it's like night and day between like the Buccaneers offense. But uh, they've held their teams to like, you know, in the teens, nothing over 20 points. Can they still do that? Can Aaron Donald still rise to the occasion? Can this star-heavy offense and defense come up and make plays against the big boys in the Buccaneers? That remains to be seen, but I am ready to find out. I'm really jazzed about this game. I think that for the Rams, can they do it at home? They certainly can, but um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, It's a big test for them. And I'm not all there yet, even being at home. But go ahead and give me the Buccaneers. Uh, I think they'll take this one in a shootout. Give me like 34-31. 34-31 bucks. That should be a really fun one. It should be really fun just to see how Stafford reacts to a more legitimate team in the Buccaneers. We're doing pretty good time. Shoot, yeah, we are doing pretty good time. Last but not least, we have the Sunday Night Football Special. And this is a game that holds dear to me because, you know, obviously I live in the Bay Area. And the Bay Area, the San Francisco 49ers or the Santa Clara Levi Stadium 49ers have not had a home game there in over a year. And for those that forgot, in light of COVID last season, Alameda County uh, pretty much kicked the Niners out of their home stadium because they didn't allow any sporting events during the pandemic and so late in the season, their home games got switched to Arizona. So this will be their first home game in nearly or over a year. It's been a while. I'm sure this crowd is excited. I'm sure this team is jazz coming off 2-0, and two hard back-to-back road wins. But at the same time, too, historically, the Niners have struggled off back-to-back road wins coming off, coming home. They haven't played their best football couple years back, they almost lost to the Steelers uh, with Mason Crosby. That was not Mason Crosby, uh, Mason Rudolph. That was a fun one. Um, and then they also laid an egg against the Atlanta Falcons in 2019. Uh, but what I'm trying to say is this. It, it takes a toll emotionally uh, to go in the grind for, for road games and then to go back home for that third game. But I think that this is kind of a different sort of enjoyment i think that they should definitely be amped up and while they may be tired from those road games uh this is a game that will hold dear for them because they get to debut the home red 94 retro jerseys which look awesome by the way and they do that debut against the packers and for those that know the packers i feel like the packers are like the little sister to the nfc west because i my God, the Packers have played the Niners so many times the, the, like the last four years. Uh, and 
if I look at the stats, still, I, I just I don't know all the particulars, but pretty much for the Niners, for those seasons where they field a winning team, whenever they play the Packers, despite the Packers being really good for those years, um, the Niners have typically had their number. Last year, they lost like what thirty-four to seventeen due to a lot of COVID injuries. It felt like they put out the B squad against the Packers, and that's why they got their asses handed. But this time around, this is a team that uh, both teams are. Well, you know, they're right in the mix for the NFC contention. Aaron Rodgers, week one, a lot of question marks as he lost to the Saints, but week two, he looked like an MVP playing against the Lions. That can certainly happen, but uh, what to make of this Packers team? Because here's the caveat, too. The Niners, they, they rush the passer just as well as anyone in this league, if not better than most teams. And you have a healthy Nick Bosa, a healthy D Ford. Uh, Javon Kinlaw is slated to play. So what does that mean for this Packers offensive line, especially in pass protection? Uh, Shout-out of the day is going to be David Bakhtiari, who is out, left tackle. And so his replacement it was supposed to be Elgin Jenkins, a guard. He was slated to replace him, but it looks like he might be out. And so, from what I understand, they might take right tackle Billy Price, who is typically a guard. They're going to make him the left tackle. And then on the right side, they're going to plug another guy in um, at the right tackle spot. So, it seems like they're shuffling quite a bit. And that should be to the Niners' advantage. Conversely, you saw Aaron Rodgers do his thing against the Lions. And not saying the Niners' defense are the Lions, but... Their defensive backs, their secondary is, uh, there's some question marks. Emmanuel Mosley hasn't played all season. He's slated to make his first start uh, coming off a hammy injury. And then whether they choose to start 34-year-old Josh Norman or the rookie uh, Lenore from Oregon, I think that uh, Aaron Rodgers and LaFleur, they're going to make game day arrangements to pick on either cornerback. And test them through the air. Devontae Adams, MVS. I mean, yeah, they, they have a lot of, lot of things going on right there, especially downfield. And then even underneath, um, you know, Fred Warner, I think he's going to have a very prominent role roaming the field and holding that, that midfield in pass, um, in pass coverage. But this is a team without Dre Greenlaw. You know, Tunyon, their tight end, should have some opportunities down the middle. And how the Niners... Treat that. It's it's gonna be uh it's gonna be something to watch. Uh, outside of that, if this gets to a shootout, and it really could, uh, but if it gets to a shootout and if Aaron Rodgers is able to take advantage of this Niners secondary, will Jimmy Garoppolo, will Kyle Shanahan, will they rise up to the occasion? Because uh, up to this point, you've seen some pretty vanilla play calling. They haven't really been called upon to to throw down the field. I mean, that's something that Jimmy G doesn't do too much anyways, but, you know, given an opportunity where they have to score points or they're down a bit where they need to, to hurry it up, um, can Jimmy G do it? We haven't seen it so far in the season, but certainly possible. Debo right now, he leads the league in receiving yards, but, you know, shout out to George Kittle, shout out to Brandon Ayuk. Uh, I want to see those guys get involved and, and catch some passes. Uh, the last thing to, to really be concerned about is their running back situation. Whoever's going to be running, I think that 
I don't know. Uh, Elijah Mitchell is doubtful. Jamichael Hasty has a high ankle sprain. So from what I understand, Trey Sermon is slated to be the feature back. And not much else after that. You got Kerryon Johnson. You got Trenton Cannon. Um, Trey Patrick. I don't know. But someone needs to make a play, start that up, because, you know, a Kyle Shanahan offense is predicated on the run for play action and everything else that stems off it for the Snyder's offense. So all in all, you know, Sunday Night Football should be really fun. Um, who's going who's gonna to win this? I think that all in all, the Snyder's team has typically had their number when they field their, their guys and their, their guys are healthy. So go ahead and give me the Niners, like, 31 to 31-23, something kind of close. Um, I think that this pass rush will make a difference if they're able to keep them kind of at bay, but at the same time um, diversify the, this offense a bit uh, to keep this Packers defense on their toes. You should see some really good, fun football from this Niners team. And shout out to the rookie Trey Lance. He wasn't really featured so much in the Eagles, but... You know, at home, especially against a Packers front seven that doesn't necessarily defend the run very well, I would like to see some Trey Lance packages. So stay tuned. Okay, overall, that's what I have for the NFC West. I know it's a shorter pod, and I've, I've been busier lately. Uh, I miss my colleagues and T-Up and J-Chan, but they've been busy with their lives as well. Uh, but we haven't lost sight of the NFC West, and we're still in the mix. So stay tuned for some more Just the West podcasts. Whether you you check that out on iTunes or Spotify, uh, blog www.justthewest.com. And until next time, peace.